Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Presents the Screen Guild Players. The Screen Guild Play tonight, The Palm Beach Story. The starring players. This is Claudette Colbert. This is Rudy Valley. And this is Randolph Scott. Tonight, Lady Astor presents the Screen Guild players in Paramount Pictures' Screwball Farce, The Palm Beach Story, starring Claudette Colbert as Geraldine Jeffers, Randolph Scott as her husband, Tom Jeffers, and Rudy Valley as John D. Hackensacker III. Tom Jeffers was a freelance inventor who could invent anything except a way to pay his bills. Yet he refused to let his wife, Jerry, help him in any way. Then one morning, after Tom had gone to his office, Jerry was brushing her teeth when she saw a funny-looking little old man's reflection in the bathroom mirror. And like love came to Andy Hardy, financial help sneaked up on Tom and Jerry Jeffers. Hey! Who are you? Are you referring to me? What are you doing in my bathroom? Oh, just walking around. The landlord said it was all right. <laughs> I don't suppose you go with the flat. You're too pretty. Well, thank you, but I want you to know I'm not in the habit of receiving guests in the bathroom. Oh, I don't mind. Say, if they're showing me this apartment to rent and you're still in it, you must be broke, huh? That's right, but it really doesn't matter. Oh, I used to be broke, too, when I was your age. I know just how you feel. How much went do you owe? That really isn't your business. Oh, my business is sausages. <laughs> Would $500 cover it? Look, now, this joke has gone far enough. Here, take it. I'm lousy with money. Invented the Texas weenie. Stay away from him. You'll live longer. Here. What do you mean? You, you mean you're, you're just giving me all this money? Sure. Here, take another hundred. Buy yourself a new dress. Well, I don't understand any of this, but, well, thank you. Oh, don't mention it. <laughs> You're a beautiful girl. Besides, it makes me feel young again. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, oh, I'd like to kiss you. I got false teeth. <laughs> You're a funny old man. <laughs> yes. Oh. Oh, yippee. Hot dog. Oh. Are you home, dear? Yeah, she's home. Hey, who's in there? Oh, just me, but I'm weaving. What the devil are you You're doing? You're a husband, huh, I presume? Gee, you sure got a beautiful wife here. Well, so long. Who was that? Well, uh, just a man. He's a weenie king. He wanted to see the apartment. Hey, what's that you've got in your hand? $600. Where'd you get $600? He gave it to me. Just like that? Just like that. Look, just tell me where this weenie king lives. I'll take his money back to him. Oh, no, Tom. 
Tom, just think how good it'll be to have the bills paid for a change. That's right. Rub it in. I know I'm not a success. I didn't say that, Don. But I wouldn't be a failure if I had $99,000. Well, who would? Now, look. Do you know what I am? I'm just a milestone around you tonight. Millstone. All right, Millstone. Anyway, you'd be more of a success without me. What? Tom, this is it. The bust-up? Yes. Did that weenie king give you this idea? I'll strangle him with a, a chain of his own sausages. I've had the idea for a long time, but I don't know. Something always said, wait till he crashes through, wait till he gets the money to build his airport. I'll build it. $99,000 isn't so much. I'll get it someday, and then we'll be right on top. I don't want it someday. I want it now, and I'm going to get it for you. What are you going to do? Become an adventurous. I don't talk right. I could be much more help to you as an adventurous than I could as your wife. Now, here, take the Weenie King, for instance. He gave me $600. He might just as well have given me $99,000 for your airport. What are you driving at? Divorce, I guess. It's customary. Not in this family, it isn't. But, Tom, think how much better our relationship will be, just like brother and sister. Mm, That sounds just too ducky. I'll write to you every single day. Write to me from where? Palm Beach. It's much more fashionable than Reno and almost as quick. Now, look, you're not going through with this. What do you use for money? Well, that's $600. By the time I pay up all our bills, I'll have just enough left for a one-way ticket on the Palm Beach Limited. Porter, what track does the Palm Beach Limited leave from? Track number nine, ma'am. Thank you. Jerry. Jerry, wait. Well, will you please stop following me? I'm going to Palm Beach. You're not. Be sensible, Jerry. Tom, listen, I've made up my mind, and I'm sure this is for the best. You're forgetting a little thing called love, honey. I love you, and you love me. Jerry, I won't let you go. I won't. Now, stop it. Let go of me. Hey, 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 what's going on here? Officer, this man's trying to molest me. Make him stop. Oh, he is, is he? Now, look, laddie boy, you leave the dames alone in Pennsylvania Station, and Pennsylvania Station's going to leave you alone. (laughs) Or vice versa, you get me? This happens to be my wife, you dumb cluck. Oh, I'm a dumb cluck, am I? Well... I like taste, but I ain't morbid about it. Now, you stop annoying the chains around here before I lock you up. Goodbye, darling. I'm on my way. Jerry, this is possession. Get moving, you marshal. Bye. Jerry, come back. Jerry! Look, lady. Is you positive that's your upper bus you in? I could have swore it was empty last night. As a matter of fact, it was. That's why I'm in it this morning. I had a stateroom in that special car at the end of the train. You mean where all them drunks were? Yes. And when they got so noisy, I couldn't sleep. I came forward and I climbed into this empty berth. Well, ma'am, you have to get out of there now because I got to make up the call. All right. If you'll go back to my car and bring me my clothes out of stateroom C, I'll be glad to get out of the supper. I'm sorry, ma'am, but I can't do that. You can't? Well, why not? Well, uh, you see, ma'am, uh, that car ain't there no more. The conductor got riled at them drunks and cut the car clean off the train. Cut the car off the train? Oh, yes, um, He set them out on the side and to cool off. Oh, but my clothes, my ticket, my, my handbag, lipstick, everything was in that car. I beg your pardon. Can I be of any help? I don't know. Who are you? The man in the berth beneath yours. Don't you remember? You stepped on my face twice. <laughs> trying to climb into your berth. Oh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm awfully sorry, really, but right now there's something a little more important on my mind. Well, what are you doing for breakfast? Well, if someone doesn't ask me, I won't be doing much. And if they do ask me, it might make quite a scandal. Huh? The lady done lost her clothes. You lost your clothes? 
It's terrible. How could such a thing happen? Well, her clothes were in a car that the conductor cut off and left on the side. Oh. Well, as soon as we come to a town, I could jump over to a store and jump back. Well, it's very kind of you, but I haven't any money for you to jump over to a store and jump back with. Well, I have money. Oh, you have? Oh, yes. Now, if you could just get over to the store to pick out what you need. Oh. Of course, I could wrap myself in a blanket and go as an Indian. That's an excellent idea. You could do that now. While we're waiting to come to a town, we could go into the diner for breakfast. What do you say? Just give me a second to get the blanket arranged. Fine. Then after breakfast, when the train stops at Jacksonville, we'll jump off and buy you a few things. Now let's order breakfast. First glance, the 35-cent breakfast seems to be the best bet, but if you analyze it for solid value, the 55-center is the one. Do you think you can afford it? Oh, I'm not really like that. It's just my upbringing. You can have anything you want. There's even a 75-cent breakfast if it appeals to you. Well, maybe we could share it. Uh, waiter, two 75-cent breakfasts, please. Waiter, I'll start with a prairie oyster. Yes, ma'am. And I'll have a prairie oyster also, whatever it is. Make mine on the half shell. There's the Palm Beach city limits. We'll be in the station very soon. <laughs> you realize that after all you've done for me, I, I don't even know your name? Oh, it's Hackensacker. Well, oh, not John D. Hackensacker. Oh, I'm not my grandfather, of course. I, I'm John D. the third. Well, then you're one of the richest men in the world. Yes, I suppose so. By the way, where are you staying in Palm Beach? Well, no place yet. Where are you staying? At my sister's, the Princess Chintamedia. What are you going to Palm Beach for? A divorce. Oh, well, you needn't look so sour about it. Your sister's been divorced five times, hasn't she? No, only three. She was annulled twice. <laughs> well, I've never been divorced before. Good. By the way, what is your name? Jeffers. Geraldine Jeffers. Was he brutal to you? Hmm? Oh, oh, no, no, not particularly. Oh, man's a man, I suppose. How brave you are. Yes. Do you have plans after the divorce? Oh, yes. Anybody I know? I know almost everybody in Palm Beach. Well, I haven't picked him out yet. Just some very rich man. Some very rich man. Oh, I don't mean anyone as rich as you. No, no, that might be annoying. Just someone who could afford to give Tom $99,000. He wants to sell you for $99,000? Well, I wouldn't put it exactly like that. There's a name for such reptiles, but I won't sell you this air conditioning by mentioning it. Well, he's not really, not at all what you think. Well, I may not be exactly in the best of shape. If ever I meet this Mr. Jeffers, I'll thrash him within an inch of his life. Well, then I hope you never meet him. I suppose he's large. He's not small. That's one of the tragedies of this life. That the men who are most in need of a beating up are always enormous. <laughs> Yoo-hoo! Who's that? That's my sister, the princess. Hello, Maud. Hello, Snoodle. She calls me Snoodles. Is that the prince with him? No, the prince has abdicated. This is something new. It might be a duke. It might be a tailor, too. She goes out with anything. Hello, Snoodles. Oh, what a beautiful dame. Did you have a nice trip? Wherever did you find her? This is Toto. Say, how do you do, Toto? Greetings. <laughs> Toto's a refugee uh, from his creditors, I think. Greetings. <laughs> well, Snoodles, aren't you going to introduce me? This is my sister, Maud. Mrs. is uh... Uh, oh, don't tell me he doesn't even know your name. Why, this is perfectly marvelous. Now, just tell me he picked you up on the train and you'll make me a happy woman. Greetings. 
No, no, Toto. His English is a little elementary. Neat. Neat. Speak Oglo. What language is there? Uh, nobody's been able to figure it out. Greetings. <laughs> Come, Toto. Let's go, everybody. The car's waiting. It... Oh, look at that very handsome man. I wonder who he is. Oh, oh it isn't possible. What isn't possible? Well, I, I think I know that man. In fact, I'm sure of it. Well, you must introduce me. Just a minute. I'll be right back. Tom, how did you get down here? Oh, naturally. Where'd you get the mitre from? Same place you got yours, from the Weenie King. Only I didn't have to kiss him goodbye. The Weenie King? Yeah, he wanted to see us get back together. And, darling, we can't disappoint him. Oh, stop it, you idiot. You've got to realize I'm not... Well, I should say you do know him. <laughs> oh, Princess... Uh, the, the Princess Chantamelia. This is my... Uh, this is my brother, Captain McGlue's. Well, we should have met sooner. If I'd seen you around, we would have. You're staying with us, of course. Oh, no. We oh, no, I won't take no for an answer. Greetings. <laughs> Toto, this is Captain McGlue. Toto, I'm going to see more of him and less of you from now on. Greetings. Toto, why don't you run along and go to a movie or something? Nits. Nits, Toto. Nits. It'll be nits to you, Toto. Speak of you. Well, Captain McGlue, let's go. You may take my arm. <laughs> they make a handsome couple, don't they, Jerry? Huh? My sister and your brother. It'd be nice if something came of it. Oh, Yes. Something like an accident. And so ends Act One of Palm Beach Story, starring Claudette Colbert, Randy Scott, and Rudy Valley. Further developments in the life of Tom and Jerry in just a moment. But first, here's a word from our hostess, Lady Esther. Have you been reading in the newspapers all about the wonderful things that scientists predict for the world of tomorrow? The world that will be ours when victory and peace have been won? There was an article in the New York Sun that was particularly interesting to me. The title was, Tomorrow Will Be Wonderful. And it told all about the thrilling new things that are on the way the great changes and developments we can expect. Well, there's one new development for which you don't need to wait. A truly wonderful development in the care of the skin. Not tomorrow, but now. Now, when you need it most, my new type scientific face cream brings your skin four important aids to beauty all in a single jar. Just think, Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream acts four ways at once to make your skin look fresher and lovelier. All you do is rub it into your skin. Wipe it off, and here's what it does. First, it thoroughly cleans your skin. Second, it softens your skin and relieves dryness. Third, it helps nature refine the pores. And fourth, it leaves a perfect, non-sticky base for powder. Now, all I ask you to do is try Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream. Try it and see for yourself how much fresher and smoother, how much younger your skin looks after the first few applications. And now, Act Two of Palm Beach Story, starring Claudette Colbert as Jerry, Randy Scott as Tom, 
and Rudy Valley as John D. Hackensacker III. When Tom Jeffers made his surprise appearance at the Palm Beach Railroad Station, Jerry was stunned. She was trying to get John D. Hackensacker to put up the $99,000 Tom needed to promote his airport invention. But she had told John D. the $99,000 was the price her husband demanded for letting her get a divorce. So she introduced her husband, Tom, as her brother, Captain McGlue. As the curtain rises, we find Tom and Jerry in the living room of their suite in the home of the Princess Centimiglia. Why did you have to introduce me as Captain McGlue, Jerry? Because I want Snoodles to back your invention for you, darling. He seems to have something against my husband, but as my brother... Yeah? Well, I wouldn't let him back anything for me. Jerry, where'd you get that expensive suit? Snoodles bought it for me in Jacksonville. Oh, I see. What's that you've got on your wrist? Just what you think it is, dear. Bracelet. What kind of stones are those? Rubies. And it costs $3,500. You know what it feels like to be strangled with bare hands? Excuse me, Mac. You don't mind if I call you Mac, do you? Did you happen to bring your tuxedo with you? I did not. Well, on a pinch, you can wear one of mine. If it's the one I saw you wearing, I know where it's going to pinch. <laughs> oh. Well, anyway, I'm very glad you showed up just when you did. So am I. Good. I needed a male member of Jerry's family. You have him. Fine. Now, I have a certain thought. I have a certain thought, too, and it's that bracelet. Oh, no. Mac is delighted with it, Snoopy. He shouldn't be. He isn't. Fine. The first bracelet my sister got, I felt like punching the fellow right in the nose. Well, why didn't you? He felt like punching me first. Well, I'm getting the same feeling. Oh, there you are, Captain McGrew. You're the most elusive man I've ever seen. Why do you keep running away and hiding from me? Well, you see, it's Oh, like it really this. makes I... no difference. I always find you. <laughs> now, come along with me. I want you to get a chance to know me better. Besides, I think Snoodles has something very private to tell your sister. Oh, he has, has he? Uh-huh. And I have something very private to tell you, too. But I want to hear what he tells my sister. It might be educational. Well, if it's education you want, come with me. Jerry, Jerry Oh, I'm so glad you're back Darling, I have the most wonderful news for you Snoodles is going to put up the money for your airport invention Yes, Mac, I think it's a great idea Oh, you do, do you? Well, what's this Maud has been telling me about your husband wanting $99,000 before he'll give you a divorce? Oh, well, let's not even talk about that No, no, let's face it Jerry naturally wants to defend this human bacterium. Did Jerry tell you that this human bacterium has exactly as much to do with the airport invention as I have? No, but that makes it perfect. I'll build the airport, and his share will be more than $99,000, so he'll have to release Jerry. Captain McGlue! Oh, Captain McGlue! Oh, here you are. You certainly are a jealous and beautiful brother. Mm, yes, isn't he? Well, I'm going to drag him away again. I want to show him the moon. But we looked at the moon last night. I know. But you weren't on the beam. <laughs> My sister's a very determined woman. Your brother hasn't a chance. What? Oh, let's not worry about them. I think this is the happiest night of my life. Really? You've freed me of a certain timidity from which I've always suffered. And now with you and Mac in the airport, I can see great days of fun ahead. Oh, I'm sure of it, Snoodles. Um, where do you suppose they went? Who cares? By the way, I have a little surprise for you. Oh, well, I, I wouldn't do anything too surprising if I were you, Snoodles. You never can tell how those things will turn out. I'm persuaded you'll be delighted. Well, I certainly hope I will be. Be sure and leave your window open onto the balcony. What? So you can hear your surprise. Oh, well, 
Oh, good night, Snoodles. Good night. I'll see you in my dreams. Yeah, that's a very good place. <laughs> well, well, for goodness sakes. Your, your brother's standing out there kissing my sister. You're a fast worker, aren't you? You have your nerve to talk. So you couldn't even wait a decent interval, you and your princess. Uh, I was trying to get away from her. I'd have made it, too, if that silly brother of hers hadn't come out just then. Well, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Listen, I'm the one who has the right to criticize... You, you, the... you shouldn't have come down here. You should have given me a little time to get used to the idea of our being divorced. Oh, well, maybe I should. But you can't blame a man for trying to hold on to something he loves. That he always has loved. Always will love. Oh, stop it. You're, you're going to make me cry. Jerry, darling. No. No, you're forgetting the airport. You're forgetting everything that counts. I'm remembering the only thing that counts to me is you. What's that? That must be the surprise Noodles promised me. Oh, he shouldn't do things like that on a night like this. Good night, Tom. Well, uh, aren't you going to kiss your brother goodnight? Well, I... Uh... Well, I suppose that could be any harm in that, could we? Oh, my darling. So I'll say good night, sweetheart. Though I'm not beside. Oh, darling. Darling, darling. We were meant to be together, always. <laughs> I hope you realize this is costing us millions. generous, good-hearted man. Really, you're a woman's ideal, only you, you shouldn't have sung last night. What? I don't understand. Oh, here's your bracelet. I'm going back to my husband. That skunk? Oh, well, he, he isn't really. I, I let you think much worse about him than he is. But what about the $99,000? He didn't want that. I, I wanted it for him. Oh, well, where's your brother? I think he's telling your sister that we're leaving. He's already told me, and I don't like the idea. You know Jerry's going back to her husband? Well, yes, but I don't see why Captain McGlue has to go with her. No, there's no need for that, really. Well, of course not. You and the captain and I can't go to work on the airport idea. I'm afraid that isn't possible. Why not? I still have, I always will have the deepest affection for Jerry. Certainly nothing has happened to spoil my friendship with her brother. Well, you see, Snoodles, he isn't exactly my brother. No, he isn't, eh? Exactly your brother. No, he's, uh, he's more my husband. He's more your husband? That's right. Well, no wonder. <laughs> I thought I was losing my grip. You mean he, you mean he's the vermin who, 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 what? That's right, you said he didn't. Then it's the Jeffers Airport, that's it, isn't it? Are you still talking about that airport? You don't mean you're still interested in it. Certainly, if an idea has merit, it has merit. After all, Grandfather hated oil, it it made his eyes water, you know, but that didn't stop him from making millions out of it. You mean you'd finance a bacterium? Why not? On a purely business basis, of course. Right now, I don't like you, but I may later on. Right now, I need something to occupy my mind. Hmm. He broke his Meccano set. <laughs> the airport will be something, if not exactly what I hoped for. Come on, Snoodles. This is a shock to me, too. 
I wonder where Toto is. Greetings. Well, I'm glad nothing happened to you. McGlue's married. You're the head man again, Toto. Neat. What do you mean, neat? Speak glue. Well, Mr. Jeffers, I'll write a check for $99,000. It'll be waiting for you when you leave. Goodbye, Jerry. Goodbye, Snoodle. Goodbye, McGlue. Come on, Toto. Yes! <laughs> Tom, darling, you see? Everything worked out perfectly. I've got you, you've got me, the princess has Toto, and... Oh, wait a minute. What's John D. got? Him? Nothing. Not a thing. Nothing but a lousy hundred million dollars. <laughs> And so ends another Lady Esther Screen Guild Players presentation of a popular motion picture. Our thanks and appreciation to Miss Colbert, Mr. Valley, and Mr. Scott. As you know, our stars donate their performances for the benefit of the Motion Picture Relief Fund. We're always happy to appear under these auspices, Mr. Bradley. The Motion Picture Relief Fund is of vital interest to all of us in the industry. In just a moment, Rudy Valley and Randy Scott will return to the microphone... But first, I'd like you to hear a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Do you know how you can tell whether or not your skin is getting a little too dry? And whether that dryness is beginning to encourage little lines around your eyes, your mouth? Here's how you can tell, and very quickly. Give yourself what I call the smile test. Just get up close to your mirror. Smile. And while smiling, study the skin around your eyes and mouth. What do you see? Is there a network of tiny crisscross lines in the corners of your eyes? Does your skin look a little puckered and crinkly around your nose and mouth? Now, don't blame it all on squinting and on laughter. You may not need to have little lines and crinkles that make you look older when you smile. It may very well be that the delicate tissues around your eyes and mouth are too dry that they haven't the elasticity to spring back to normal smoothness. So many women use Lady Esther four-purpose face cream for the express purpose of softening their skin and relieving the dryness that causes little lines. You see, Lady Esther face cream softens the delicate tissues without stretching them and so helps the skin look much smoother and younger. But that's only one of the four important things Lady Esther face cream does for your skin. Two, it thoroughly cleans your skin. Three, it helps nature refine the pores. And four, it leaves a perfect non-sticky base for powder. Yes, Lady Esther four-purpose face cream gives you all these aids to beauty, and you don't need to wait long for results. You'll see how much fresher, how much more vivid and alive your skin looks after the first few applications. And now, here is Randy Scott. Every one of you is familiar with some phase of the great work of mercy done by the American Red Cross every year. But war increases the need for this work many times over. For example, did you know that the Red Cross field directors and their staffs are with America's fighting men wherever they go? And behind the lines, the Red Cross operates service clubs and recreation centers for our men overseas? The Red Cross keeps in touch with American men in prison camps and helps supply their needs. Just remember those few facts when the volunteer worker calls on you. Remember, too, that it's men like your own sons and brothers, your husband or sweetheart, whom the Red Cross is saving. This year, don't measure by ordinary standards. 
Make your contribution to the Red Cross War Fund just as generous as possible. Rudy, have you anything to say? Yes, Randy. I'd like to read a telegram we've just received. It's addressed to Greer Garson and James Cagney. Dear Jimmy and Greer, heartiest congratulations on your Motion Picture Academy Awards. To you, Greer, for your excellent performance as Mrs. Miniver. And to you, Jimmy, for your splendid work in Yankee Doodle Dandy. We sincerely thank you for permitting the Lady Esther Screen Guild players to be the first to bring to radio listeners both of these great stories. Warmest personal regards, Gene Herschel, President Motion Picture Relief Fund. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present Metro Golden Mayor's outstanding musical saga of Vaudeville for me and my gal, starring the original motion picture cast, Judy Garland, George Murphy, and Gene Kelly. Be sure to listen. Claudette Colbert is now working in So Proudly We Hail. Rudy Valley can soon be seen in Happy Go Lucky. Both are Paramount Productions. Rudy Valley appeared through courtesy of the U.S. Coast Guard. Randy Scott is currently starring in the Universal production Pittsburgh. Music on tonight's pro- program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. To save materials, buy the larger size of Lady Esther face cream. The Screen Guild players are presented every Monday night at this time by Lady Esther. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.